We are all in person in the backstage green room area of Crypto.com Arena, where we were just awarded a Grammy for podcasting. Congratulations, guys. Glad we <laughs> what finally a huge saw night each other. for us and Taylor Swift. Did she win album <laughs> Pretty, of the year? I think so. We started recording, I think, before the Grammys were over. But her new album got announced after she won something. I did and see that. Best pop the album. Critics pop are, are in. A equally big night for Taylor Swift slash the belligerent beefs. So mm. congratulations, Taylor. Congratulations to us. The the same amount of congratulations to both of us from the you know recording artist recording set. What what the fuck does RCA even stand for? Who puts on the Grammys? No one cares. No one Welcome cares. Welcome to the 128th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. We didn't yeah. win a grant, but maybe you won. What if this podcast won an EGOT? What if we became a podcasting EGOT? That'd be incredible. What's an What's EGOT? A, yeah, I had the Emmy, same Grammy, uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. There's been oh. like, there's like a lot. There's a list of I, I could. This might be the part of the podcast where we look things up, and this is one minute into a podcast. We haven't uh, even started yet. Yeah, I haven't even. I, I hope that our podcast tonight goes like Killer Mike's night at the Grammys. He won three and then, and got, then arrested. got arrested. <laughs> oh, that's that's not that's there's Baller. no way that's not in our cards tonight. No, that's gonna happen. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be that'd be pretty incredible. It's too early in the show for me to ask JP to play five seconds or anything. Yeah. But just go listen to every Run the Jewels album ever and you'll oh, be happy so that you good. did. Um, so congrats to Taylor Swift. Congrats to uh, not Taylor congrats Mike. to Taylor Swift. I almost I almost said Taylor Mike. Congrats! I was gonna say Taylor Mike. Taylor this Swift is, is the only Taylor Swift is, is going to be Taylor crying Swift. in one week from now. Not I tears knows. of happiness. That's why it's fine for her to win this weekend because you don't want her winning next weekend, Niner fan. No, that's what I was oh. getting towards. JP always beats me to my own shit. He's mm-hmm. been doing it for years. Yeah, I complete your sentences. Whatever. You Whatever. sure? I'm going to edit that in. It sounds like I did it. You're sure? Whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, Taylor Swift can be happy this Sunday as long as she's sad next Sunday. Are, are you guys freaking out about the Super Bowl a little bit? A little bit. I said earlier mm. to the mini bay, I said, hey, in one, and this was like two hours ago. And I was like, in one week from now, we're going to be celebrating a, a 49ers Super Bowl victory. And all he was like, he was like, like lost his breath. He was like, <gasps> he was like, why would you say that? How do you know they're going to win? Like, and he's like, what if they, what if they don't dad, they still have to play the game. And I was like, God damn it. Can I just live in yeah. my fantasy world? Pretending More that rational it's next than Sunday. you are. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> Man, I'm feeling kind of good about it. I, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm feeling a lot better that they're playing the chiefs than if they had to play the Ravens. Yeah, that's true. I actually, yeah. so this is a good one. I, this week I, I was carpooling another uh, classmate of Ev's to school, and it's one of the little girls in the class. And so when we picked her up from her house, I was trying to tell Ev beforehand, I was like, hey, we listen to music every morning, right? Great. But we're going to let her pick. That way, you know, she feels like comfortable in our car and like hanging out with us driving to school. And then Annie heard me say this to her to him, and she was like, "What if she asked for Taylor Swift?" And I was like, "No, I, I doubt it." We sit in the car, and I'm like, "Hey, 
what music do you want to hear? You're going to scream at a child. No, but she goes immediately, Taylor Swift. And I look in the rearview mirror, and like Ev is sitting right next to her, and Ev's face was like, like, what? No. <laughs> so I played Taylor Swift on the way to school, like literally biting my tongue for the four-minute drive. <laughs> And as wow. soon as I got back in the car, it started auto playing again. I was like punching my center console to like make it stop. <laughs> Play too short. Switch to too short. <laughs> well, if the Niners do in fact lose the Super Bowl, I can assure you it will not be because of that. And because you did not make a little girl cry on the way to school, JP. I didn't I know. I'm saying it will not be because you did not make her cry. Oh, I know. But it will be probably because I like, mentioned that I we just, will be celebrating their, their victory in one week. Yeah. I always do the dumb that's shit. That's reckless. Yeah. <laughs> I always do the dumb shit. Um, yeah. Not, it's like not the, the motto first of the time, pod. But yeah, we're not going to bring up those times because uh, this is supposed to be a happy episode. And there are happy things for us to talk about tonight we've got diamond royalty oregon state diamond royalty joining the show not just one but two ballers not one of the oregon state baseball softball Definitely program two. not one two <laughs> the, the, the lebron meme, two. the lebron meme doesn't you know carry the same weight when it is two it is <laughs> two is more than one not quite the same effect tanner smith and sarah Hendy guess coming on the show shortly yeah about about 45 minutes ago from now or 15 minutes from now <laughs> or soon look at us yeah. fucking up the space-time continuum yeah. like a couple of podcasting time travelers yeah. don't mess with us time we're coming don't for mess you with us. they say time is linear nope nope no, we we've We've got Neil perce- deGrasse Tyson very confused it that way. here. Yep, Neil deGrasse Tyson joins the show, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Be like, holy in shit, how'd you guys do that? We'll future, be like, or maybe yeah. like, Neil, Neil, like, come on. Come on, buddy. Like, we, we've how already more bones, disproven the theory. How many more bones do we need to throw you, Neil? <laughs> come on. <laughs> well, yeah, we've got some other stuff to get into. Big, uh, big dubs for Oregon State women's basketball. Yeah, um, big, fuck the dubs. Big dubs uh, for Talise Fuaga, Katana Ladapo, and Anthony Gould in Senior Bowl slash Shrine Bowl this week. Mostly in practices. Gould's the only one who actually did anything in the game or played in the game. But, you know. Did you see Oregon State football? Oregon State football, like, put out an Instagram post on, I guess, Saturday morning. It was like, Katana and Tali are are playing football today. And I did see that. Like, I didn't see them play. I watched the whole right. game. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, it was really fun we had the to inside go all the scoop, way. Though. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> um, I talked to, uh, it was great to be in Mobile, Alabama. Shout out to the Senior Bowl folks who always do a great job with that event. Um, the Belize of North America. The Belize, the, Belize, the, Belize, the Belize of North America, which JP can see perfectly from his high horse, as we discussed last week on the pod. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, go listen Don't. to it. We Don't apologize listen. for JP's audio. JP primarily apologizes for his audio. He will, <laughs> he will never do it again. Yeah, but also because it took me like six hours to edit. And then he spent six more hours in a dark room thinking about what he did. 
Yeah, more than six. <laughs> Belligerent beefs timeout, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, where I'm editing was the dark room. We'll, we'll get into an official football segment here. A men's basketball team definitely played basketball mm. this weekend. And that they had might games. be – they had games. They they did have them, and they did take place. That might be where – and that was – yeah. Where we leave that. And yeah, too bad that they tipped off and not tipped on. <laughs> but yeah, you guys, I think you guys are going to have a great week. I wish you all the best of luck. I will be in Kansas City during this Super Bowl. Oh, that's right. It's going to be like, I'm kind of happy about it. Just like, all right, people are going to give a fuck. About I, yeah, I'm not totally sure because I know this is a deep shout out. Shout out to Anestis in Portland manager of Marathon Taverna on Burnside. I remember talking with him one time. It was like the maybe week after the Super Bowl. And we, you listeners, long time listeners to the show know this new listeners. Marathon Taverna is a great dive bar in Portland that your, your three boys here essentially lived at for a not small amount of time (laughs) (laughs) earlier in our lives. Still great. The, the, Mini pitchers are still flowing and they're still cheap. They're not as cheap as they were, unfortunately. Thanks, Biden. And I was just chatting with Anessa, so to get to the fucking point, Terry, after the Super Bowl, being like, oh, so Sunday crazy for you guys? And he was like, no, like, Super Bowl has just become like a total just like house party, like people host for the Super Bowl kind of thing. And it's not really like a bar week anymore. That was like 10 years ago. But so we'll see. I'll be in downtown Kansas City there for a conference. I'm staying an extra day because I don't want to be traveling during the Super Bowl. Mm. I'm sure there maybe there's a Niner bar in Kansas City. That'd be a fun place to see see to check that out. We'll see if there if there's there is probably one. a Niner bar everywhere in every there's, city. There should be. There's there somehow be. a Green Bay Packer bar everywhere, which is the worst thing that's ever <laughs> happened in ever. So. <laughs> Even if there's a Packer bar, I'm just going to go there, channel my inner shirt brother from I think you should leave and yell, you suck at all of them. And then like kick over a poster on my way out and just (laughs) not give them any of my business. Benny, that one was just for you. (laughs) And yeah, I think you should leave. I know, I know we, we've got a lot of, we have fans of, I I think we have fans of all 32 teams who listen to the show. Special shout out to all of you. And, you know, noted Packer fan, Dr. Johnson, who has gotten several shout outs recently. He is a doctor, so he could help with, you know, different medical things. But I'm the, the Packers actually in the news. The Packers hired Sean Manning as a coach. Yeah, they're yeah. killing me. I they're, felt bad for you. And I'm stealing that. your favorites. Vikings legend. They're going to trade for Black, Blake Brandle tomorrow, aren't they? These bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and side. Oh, yeah. Jack Coletto. No, oh, that oh, would be God. oh, mm. no, they'll they're gonna draft, they're gonna trade up for Tali, get Anthony Gould. He's just gonna have like three punt return touchdowns at US Bank Stadium in Minneapolis next year. God. Oh, yeah, newsflash Anthony Gould is fast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, in case really you missed fast. it, in case you missed I did, okay. it was a blur, but I think it was him. Anyway, the Super Bowl is going to be great. I'm already in a couple different uh, squares, pools. I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, I'm just going to be relaxing, not worried about a thing. While you two are freaking out and maybe having your dreams come true. (laughs) 
<laughs> and both things can be true. Yeah. Both things can be true. Yeah. Both. I was things. very, very, very mad. Both. I guess one was Saturday. Uh, the last time that the Niners played in both of their playoff games, it was very frustrating to begin with and ended up being all right. Mm-hmm. Got a faith, baby. What what a journey. 49er faithful. What a journey. <laughs> so great. We've got a lot to get to. We've already we have a pre-recorded interview with uh, Tanner Smith and Sir Henry Guest that we have to, to get to. Uh, stick around for that, for sure, Beaver fam. Great conversation with those two. Big things out of both Diamond teams for Oregon State this year. And yeah, we're pretty bullish on, on both groups. We're just going to have to decide between Omaha and Oklahoma City. Two, two two great Midwestern cities that I'm ready to drive to. Again, hey, I okay. saw I saw Oklahoma City has proposed. It's actually kind of a, a legit possibility that they are going to be building the tallest skyscraper in the United States what? in Oklahoma City. Yeah, They're, the skyscraper in downtown OKC is already fucking massive, and I'm it's surprised it's not really already empty. Is it really? Yeah, I went to a I went to a conference in Oklahoma City once and we had like the dinner up at the top of that and there was like nobody in there. Like, <laughs> That's kind of eerie. Yeah, it's like 30% occupied. Baba Ganoush, friend of the show, married an Oklahoma girl. So his wedding was in Oklahoma City and it was yeah. a great wedding weekend. I had a great time in Oklahoma City. That was the one time I've been a little bit further of a drive for me than Omaha. And I guess I don't think Oklahoma would be wouldn't necessarily agree with being grouped into the Midwest though from, from me. Omaha for sure is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm ready to have some jealous shots at Rocco's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> who is it? Who are, LS, LSU fans, I think always win that, right? Is are they the ones who've like set like the crazy record? I we needed like an oral history of the Rocco's jello shot challenge. And maybe I'm the guy to put that together. I'll I'll go down there and do that research. Don't don't pull my pull my arm or anything. Anyway, I hold it. We've got a lot to get to. So let's get it. Speaking of jello shots, we talk about jello shots with Tanner and Sarah. How do you know a lot? Well, because we're going to. It's Neil. (laughs) (laughs) Coach Berg and Coach Cannon, please don't do not get mad at your players. We're the ones who brought up the jello shots. (laughs) And And I asked them if they drank them. Uh, yeah that's I just right said. we just asked about yeah. do, do jello shots exist on the tanner menu was like, tanner was like does define existence and then sarah was like yeah i mean existence in theory whatever and then neil degrasse tyson who's also part of this interview was like that's what's up and we're like <laughs> yeah happy to you know- have a all pack 12 pitcher all pack 12 catcher and all pack 12 honorary astrophysicist all in the same <laughs> interview <laughs> It was quite. Guess how many? Guess guess how many followers on Twitter College World Series Jello Shot Challenge has without looking? How many? Ooh, I'll say six hundred (laughs) thousand. Okay, well, this is gonna not be uh, a climactic (laughs) answer. I'm gonna say I was gonna say sixty-nine thousand or sixty-nine thousand four hundred twenty. Thirty-eight thousand, which is more than I thought. It's not six hundred, right? I was like, "That's incredible!" But there are thirty-eight thousand followers. I'm like, 
I was expecting it to be a ridiculous number because you stopped the show to be like, hey, guys, guess how many people are following this? Um, I love it. 38,000. Uh, and we'll and, add to that this year. And and to your point, it was, yeah, LSU, that one, holy shit by a lot. Uh, they, they won 68, they had 68,000 jello shots. The next closest was TCU with 7,000. 1,000 more LSU. What are you doing? You had the chance to do the funniest thing ever. 68,888. Oh, they're so close to the 112 people slacked off from Ah. the Baton Rouge contingent. Ah. Let's hit 69,000 this year then. Oh, that's the goal. Yeah. All right. This has already been a productive episode of the Bullet Champions. Yeah. Can, let's go down to Rock. Can we can it start now? I'll drive down to Omaha every weekend and just start housing jello shots if <laughs> if it can count. Can you can you add this to the tally? It'll take you one weekend. <laughs> I don't I what goes out first? Your head, your heart, your gut, whatever, your liver with it's jello. That it's like good for you. It's made of fruit. Yeah. And yeah. horses' yeah. hoofs. Yeah. That's kind of good Horses' hoofs? Hoofs. 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 We have a lot of horses around here. All right, Mr. Soda Pop over here. Yeah, I can never make fun of the way anyone says anything by virtue of the state I call home. That is a stark reminder. Thank you, Benny. Let's get into the Reg and Pierce segment before this opening gets too out of hand. We'll be talking about Reagan Beards and the women's basketball team, of course, more in the show. Big, big dubs for them this weekend. JP, the next time I talk to you, well, next time I talk to both of you, will be after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. This is the last beer because this the premise of the show is that we're drinking beers together and having a great time. Just because we're on Zoom doesn't mean it's not real. It's real to me, damn it. Me too. So this is this is the last beer we'll drink with you before your beloved Niners play the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. What beer did you bring for this occasion? I went back to Great Notion because last week I feel like I did them dirty with my mic quality. No one probably even heard where I had my beer from. But... I Smart. I really did like the the artwork on the can, the label. It reminded me of us, and so does the so does the title of the beer a bit. It's a hazy double IPA. I'm back on the wagon. Way there to go, go, JP. Yeah, it's 8.2 percent alcohol by volume, and it's called Chronically Ill. Yeah, I thought that this guy with the beard and the hat could be Benny if he wanted to have a huge beard. Ooh, yeah, Ooh. and the little green monster in the middle could be me. The little alien is you because you say words funny, and then that—that's me with a skeleton with an eye patch yeah, because because you're I, dead. I'm dead inside. <laughs> that's the three of us. Wow, mm-hmm. and we're all good? chronically ill, and that was we're my first sip of it. Ill. I kind of just jumped the gun. It, it's really delicious, actually. I'd give it a. I'm 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 scoring it right now. I had this whole whole thing queued up. I'm gonna give it a four point four. 
That's oh, high. That's pretty high. JP. Wow. Yeah. It's got a good little fruity bite to it, especially for a right. double IPA. I it's used not to that dance under the name good little fruity bite. <laughs> <laughs> used to. <laughs> well, depends is, on your definition of used to. Is that is that an homage to the Beastie Boys License to Ill? I was gonna say, can you please play five seconds of License to Ill by the Beastie Boys? We haven't had a music request yet. <laughs> this this Grammys themed intro. Uh, we only really reference the artists that get us canceled in Russia if we put their music on the show, <laughs> even for just five seconds. Putin is watching us. Mm-hmm. That's what that's enjoying is, us. But which is I, we've scary. We've that is scary. We for sure had the BC Boys on the show before, so I think "License to Ill" is. I think that's fair. the name of the album. Is there is there a song called "License to Ill"? Mm. Uh oh! This, well, this request denied. Well, you can well, click five seconds from any point of the album, and the request could, is you, still uh, valid. You, you could play Brass Monkey because yeah. uh, that that was referenced in the interview that we are about to have. <laughs> and Brass Monkey is on License to Ill. It is right. So I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, Benny, that was the please, first album that Benny. I forgot. License please request this the right way. JP, can you please play five seconds of license to uh, of, of Brass Monkey by the Beastie Boys? <laughs> Brass Monkey, that monkey, monkey. Damn it, I still that fucked it up. Monkey, license to Ill was released before I was born. This doesn't happen a lot on the show. Before JP was born. What? But after, after Benny was born. Yeah. Ben- as our elder statesman, Betty, <laughs> it is an eighty-six. We, we, we it's rely, an eighty-six yeah. release, yeah. November fifteenth, nineteen eighty-six. Great, yeah. Day. Uh, wow. I remember listening to it when it first came out. I was Win- two months old, and it was so Win- great. Yeah, Winterfest eighty-six. <laughs> yeah, it, it. Yeah, definitely. That's when. That's the exact moment when Hot Tub Time Machine is set in time. Yeah. A lot of time travel talkers. Time yeah. travel, Beastie Boys, Neil deGrasse Tyson, Brass Monkeys, and it's a great episode so far. Little, little, little strong fruity bites. Yeah, mm. it all works. Um, what yeah. are you drinking, Terry? I have a Lonely Blonde American Blonde Ale from Fulton Brewery. I'm glad that last week Terry bought some beer before <laughs> heading down to Mobile. Because my my flight was delayed getting out of Mobile this morning and getting home. So I would not have had time to go pick up anything. But I still have most of a 12-pack left of these in the fridge. So hmm. Fulton Brewing, I've had it a lot. It is located right in the heart of downtown Minneapolis, right by Target Field. So if you are ever in down Minneapolis during the summer months, which is a great time to be here, it is the better time. Contrary to popular belief, I know you're always like, oh, those Minnesota winners. Yeah, got to check that out. But summer, it's right by, you know, Twins game, followed by a couple a uh, couple pints on the Fulton patio. It's, it's a top shelf summer day. And Lonely Blonde is a great winter beer, but also a great summer beer. So, And an homage am... to one of your regular patrons back from your dancing days. She sits exactly. right off in the side and looked very lonely <laughs> yep. watching yep. you. Yep, you know that is who this beer is named after actually yeah of course she's a mutual mutual friend of the brewer (laughs) 
You know what my favorite Minneapolis summertime thing I've ever done was? Was with you guys, plus super secret producer Iskender, plus Yuri at the Twins-Giants game, chanting OSU as Michael mm. Conforto was rounding the bases <laughs> and the rest of the crowd was silent. We were right behind home plate, so he definitely he, heard us. He he for sure did. And it wasn't just that. It was like chanting Go Beavs like the whole pregame. Yeah. And then he was like trying to act all cool like he didn't hear it or whatever. And it first pitch Conforto ranks one. Cranks it. <laughs> and every- our two rows went crazy and I'm like, not going to not cheer for Michael Conforto. But then <laughs> someone's like, dude, you're in twin stuff at a twins game. Why are you cheering for the giants? And I'm like, yeah, it's an Oregon state thing. Long story. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Just drink your lonely blonde and shut up, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that does remind me of the, that got the legendary. I forget this dude's name. I think it's Roger legendary twins event services staff member who works that section who oh. gave jp a giants card oh yeah every single game i didn't really i, I didn't a marvin bernard a marvin bernard card every single game he has a stack of baseball cards of the visiting team mm. and he goes to visiting fans who are coming to target field to cheer against the twins but also just have a great experience and he does that thing like pick pick a card any card and then you get to keep that card i don't know oh. if any of them are super valuable but Talk about just like a great little touch to add on to a stadium experience. So Dude, that that's like the, the most Minnesotan thing. Oh, that's so, so nice. Much. It's, it's so, so nice. Much. That's, yeah. that's the type of Midwestern wholesome content that we're promoting out here. And imagine though, <laughs> if you're like a six-year-old kid and you're thinking, oh, I got to get lucky and pull a card. I hope I like right. this player. And you pull a card and it's a player that at least used to play for your team. And yeah. they're in the uniform and they've got the logo on there. You're like thinking like, what is this magic? Because he doesn't like show you all the cards. Right. You just pick one. Mm-hmm. That's and cool. then a drunk 50-year-old in a Mauer jersey throws a beer at you. And <laughs> this is the spectrum of which humans can behave, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be ready for anything. Uh no, we don't we don't do that. But yes, if you do make it to a twins game ever and you're cheering for the other team, fine. Roger, I will update. <laughs> I think it's Roger. Who works the section behind home plate? So just find Roger. That section. Just find the guy with the cards. I'll probably be there. <laughs> Let's be, especially if it's a weekday day game. What the hell else am I doing? You, you know where to find me. Uh, thank <laughs> God I don't have any enemies and nothing but friends. Benny. Yeah, I am drinking. It's it's <laughs> it's hydrogen infused water. It is cool. It infuses Whoa, hydrogen what? into water. I, yeah, I no, know. Hydrogen is a molecule in water. I know. It's, so is this it's H3O? H3O. Yeah. It's H2O with hydrogen. Yeah, I guess H3O. Um, Dude, H2O. We, we live in it, the future. It's it was, hydrogen, hydrogen, oxygen with hydrogen. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a water bottle that I was going to get. It's like the prototype of something I was going to put on the on my Dude. Amazon store. And then I used it, and I was like, oh, it doesn't really Dude, work remember Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze? That it looks like look the like canister that the yeah, Ooze was ooze. kept in. That oh, looks yeah. like so the true. Ooze. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my That's God. That's easy to sell them so... as. Just fill them up like I used to freshman year of college, and then I got my dorm rated. Fill it up with water and put a green and highlighter. highlighter in there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's such a good and idea. And then sell yeah. those. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. with a bunch of a few healthy servings of Athletic Greens. Oh, who are today's sponsor of the show. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm just anticipating JP telling me to hit the ad. So I'm just mm. naming popular podcast sponsors. Terry, I had better gut health with this company that might consider sponsoring. sponsoring Terry, yes. hit the ad. Hit, hit the ad. Hit the end. Hit the Hit the ad. Welcome back to the Belligerent Abuse Podcast. I hope you listen to every word of that ad that is definitely real and definitely about a product <laughs> that definitely exists. Uh, <laughs> I hope there's a promo code associated with it. If there's not, don't get mad at me. I'm not being looped into this new weird segment of the show. <laughs> this is somehow attracting sponsors. I don't know how, but it is. It is. I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they want. <laughs> what, JP, let me ask you this. We have the gridiron. We have the hardwood. We have a good section of shout outs. And we also have a conversation we need to get to. What would you like me to cue first. Let's go to the conversation. We got them in the waiting room right now. They're in the they're in the waiting room. Definitely not. Definitely right now, and definitely not before. We teased it. It's here. We'll see if Neil deGrasse Tyson actually joins us. I think he's running a little bit late. You know, he's reading the cosmos. You know, going back and forth to Neptune and shit, tell, telling Elon Musk, you know, how to not blow up the world and things like that. So I hope Neil makes it. But if not. That's fine because better than Neil deGrasse Tyson, Oregon State softball ace, Sarah Hendigas, the man behind the plate for Oregon State baseball, Tanner Smith, Oregon State Diamond Royalty, who we are officially hyping up as the Oregon State Athletics prom king and queen. Let's get to the conversation with Sarah and Tanner right now. Yes, there hey, it is. What's up, guys? Hey, hey, y'all. How's it going? This is a sight for sore eyes, Beaver fans. We have Tanner Smith <laughs> and Sarah Hendigas on the same Zoom screen. This is this is incredible. This is a dream come true. This is a, a, a lot of production in the making. Um, <laughs> this this goes back years of trying to get this interview uh, on the books. So thank you guys so much for for joining us. How's uh, how's your Sunday night going? It's going good. We had camp this morning, and then we had practice afterwards, and just been hanging out ever since. Awesome. Awesome. I know we've got lots of questions for you guys tonight, baseball and softball. Both, I mean, this is a celebration of the Belligerent Beefs Athlete Program, which <laughs> is still alive and well, kind of. But, you know, Belligerent Beef Athlete Immortality, Tanner Smith, and Sir Henry Guest, we're so glad to have you both on the show. I think we'll, we'd love to start by just hearing from both of you individually. Countdown to both baseball and softball season is, you know, we're coming close to just two weeks, single digit days almost. So Sarah, why don't we start with you first? Just how much hype is being put on Oregon State softball right now? And how excited is just the, you know, fever around the team uh, heading into this 2024 season? Yeah, so we leave to Florida on Thursday. So we're really, really excited. We're getting to go play somewhere sunny, which is going to be awesome. Nice. Um, but the team's just so, so pumped. We have such a deep lineup this year that everyone's so excited to be a part of. Everyone's been working really hard. The rehab people have worked so hard to get back from injuries and everything. So I think that's motivated pretty much everybody to just 
give it their all and be super excited towards the season. Awesome. That's awesome. Where, where in Florida are you guys playing? Tampa. Nice. nice. Yeah. So we're at like the Ra- Rawlings Invitational, right? I believe so, yeah. Right. Cool. Well, all, all three of us are in cold weather areas so we're uh <laughs> that sounds so nice we're, we're take us with you we'll 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 live pod every single game if we, if we get to go to come, on, come on down <laughs> nice and and uh tanner we know you guys are heading down to the to surprise as uh beaver baseball is want to do uh how how has a uh, camp and the practices been going on uh over at goss so far this this spring quote unquote <laughs> yeah, I, it's going great so far. We had quite a few scrimmage, like uh, inner squads this week. I mean, they went really well. Our guys are growing every single day, and we're just really excited to get get out there and, and play somebody else other than ourselves, and and show you guys and all the all the people across the country like what we're made of, and and that we truly have a chance to, to be the last one standing this year. So we're just really pumped up to get it going. Very cool. I love that. That's nice. nice. All right, I will kick it over to you guys. I have a I have a few more questions that I didn't throw in our shared doc, so we'll be going uh, just completely out of left field. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that a is that a pun? It was unintended. <laughs> there you go. Pun, pun, in, pun intended. <laughs> but yeah, JP, why don't you uh, why don't you keep us going here? Yeah, I guess my my first question is for Sarah, and you kind of touched on this. And last year, you guys really got hit with the injury bug. You specifically got hit with the injury bug. Uh, you talked about the team coming back and healthy and how deep you are now. So how much of last season's experience do you think played into providing you know, the, the experience for some of the players that maybe otherwise wouldn't have had that opportunity? And then also, like, given the fact that a lot of you missed a lot of time last year, how does that kind of like refocus your guys' drive you know, to get back to OKC this year? Yeah, I mean, as much as the injuries sucked and it made a lot of freshmen like stand up or people that maybe wouldn't have gotten those opportunities, it grew them so much. And I feel like coming back this year, those girls are more confident. And then the injured people are like ready to go, like fight for their spot back too. So I think it's just created a really healthy culture and just like competitive culture that I haven't been a part of yet here, honestly. Like my freshman year, we kind of came in and roles were established pretty early, but this year it's been a fight to the death for who's in that lineup. And it's still up in the air, to be honest. Like there's 13 bats that can get in there and do some damage. So I feel like that's just created such an awesome culture with us and everyone's pushing each other every single day. And I feel like this year we all know we're a really skilled team and we want that OKC like chance back because that one, we want to go win some games there. We don't want to be 0-2 or 2-0 anymore. Or, yeah, 0-2 ever again there. So yeah, I think that's just really pumped us all up and gotten us really excited. That's awesome. What do you think, or I should say, who do you think is someone on the team this year that is going to have a breakout year, someone that like casual watchers of the softball team may not know. Yeah. I think Lisey Campbell is going to do some noise in the softball world this year. She's been such a tough out for me in scrimmages. Like we battle every single day and she kind of had some chances her freshman year, but then last year got injured as well. So she's back for revenge this year and she's better than ever. Um, Another one is charity. She got injured my freshman year, tore her ACL. So she's back and better this year after having to take last year off as well. And those are just two big bats. I can't wait to see what they do this year. Speaking of bats, Tanner, you've been one of the best defensive catchers in the Pac-12 for as long as you've been at OSU, but had uh, some nice career highs in uh, at the plate last year. Uh, at this point in the, in the spring and prep, just like how does your swing feel uh, right now? And 
what do you think would be a good year for you, like hitting wise? Like, I know the goal is just Omaha, it's a team goal, whatever, but I know that there's some, there, you know, there's some individual swag going on too. So, like, what are you kind of hoping to uh, hit this year in terms of numbers? And uh, just how does your uh, swing feel at, at this point uh, in the preseason? Yeah, I mean, even though I put up career highs uh, last season, some statistics, I definitely don't think that it's going to be anything close to what I put up this year. I've totally revamped my swing over the summer, stayed here and did a whole bunch of stuff with that. So I'm excited. It's been playing off in the fall and in the, in the spring so far. So I'm really excited for, for what's to come during the season. You know, I haven't really put much thought into personal personal attributes when it comes comes to what I want to hit this spring. I just want to make sure that I'm a staple in the lineup every single day and I'm a guy that's going to put put together quality at-bats regardless of of the situation or the game. I just want to be a guy that that can be counted on and and is looked at as the guy to go to in, in clutch situations. I know I had a, a couple moments last year that were were pretty cool, but I'm looking forward to to being in those situations again and and coming out more on top than we did last year. Awesome. Talking about, and, well, you want to talk about being in, in the lineup. Of course, obviously, your skills behind the plate are are phenomenal. But we saw some work at first base. Is that just another way to to keep yourself out in the lineup and make sure that your bat's there for any of those big moments? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll try and play shortstop if that's what gets me in the lineup. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> in any position to be honest. I'm not the fastest guy, so I can't really play the outfield. But yeah, I got some time in at first base. I've been messing around a little bit over there. I played a little bit over summer ball, my freshman sophomore summers. It's a position that I can play, and I'm will I'm fully willing to play. I think I'll I'll be in the rotation for a little bit with we got Jacob Craig and Mason Guerrero over there, but I'm kind of just trying to give them any reason and 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 any place to put me. I'm just trying to find a way in the lineup because I know we got a lot of dudes this year and it's going to be a lot of, a lot of moving around at some places. So I think uh, just giving them the opportunity to see me and see that I can play that position to their best to my best ability just every day. So that's awesome nice. and and. and- Tanner, talk to me about the the vibe of the team this year. I mean, Oregon State has always, and I think always will, have expectations pretty high, and that's certainly within the Beaver community. But nationally, you guys are getting a lot of recognition, and I think a lot of people are looking at this Beaver team as, as being one of the best that we've seen in a really long time. So talk to me about the vibe. How does it feel this year compared to years past? And, and what's, I mean, I'm assuming your guys' expectation is Omaha or bust, but talk to me about the expectation of the team. Uh, Yeah, I mean, out of my time here, this is by far, like obviously my freshman year, we had Melton, Meckler, Boyd, and like Jerpy and all those guys. And, and we had a solid squad. But this year, there's just like a different level of buy-in with the guys. You know, we we talk about winning a national championship, and like that's our that's our end goal this year. It's not really just Omaha or bust; it's national championship or bust. And our ability of the older guys to truly like implement that mentality within the younger guys, and having them buy in and understanding like what their roles are going to look like this year, and stuff like that. And I think that just plays into to how good we actually are. You know, we get a lot of preseason rankings. Our coaches talk a lot about just just getting rid of that noise and don't worry about that noise, like because rankings truly don't matter at this time of the year. It's obviously cool to have those rankings, and it shows to the guys that are here that have been here and that are coming in this year. But I truly do believe that like these the, the older the older group of guys has truly implemented the, the national championship motto within these guys. Although we haven't had a chance to win it yet, I do think that our coaches have done a great job implementing that within us and then getting us to implement that within the younger guys. So I think it's a, it's going to be a great year and 
there truly is a different level of buy-in in this team to get to that end goal. Nice. Nice. We love to hear that. Sarah, you mentioned a number of the players who you guys missed due to injuries last year, uh, some for the complete season, but one of those players was also you. So we're really excited to see you back in, in the circle and back healthy. So I think this one question, sort of similar to what I asked Tanner, just how are you feeling right now? How is the arm um, at this point in the spring? And then also like going from, I think you had like 36, 37 appearances freshman year, uh, and then that getting cut down to just 13 because of the injury sophomore years. Like how much of a challenge is that to like not being able to be out there for the like for the whole season after having so much uh, success um, your freshman year? Um, and also, what do you think you learned from that challenge? Yeah, so arms feeling really, really good. I rehabbed over summer at Cressy Sports in Florida. So big baseball facility for all that type of elbow stuff. And I just got a lot stronger, mentally stronger as well. Just knowing I could push myself through something like that was really awesome because I've never been injured before. So sitting out and not being able to play softball for that long was a crazy thing that I've literally never done. So missing that part of my life was definitely hard, but I was lucky enough to still get to travel with the team last season. So I got to be kind of fly on the wall and dug out, learn a lot from just what other people would do. I think Kiki and I talked a lot about this, but we learned a lot about body language and just how you kind of look on the field um, mm. when things go wrong or when things go good. And I think that just kind of helped me kind of realize what I could do different when I'm playing mentally and just physically out there, like my presence, which I think will be awesome moving into this season. And something I've been working on kind of in all of our scrimmages is just bouncing back from giving up a hit or a walk or whatever it may be. And then the next part of your question was, sorry. Uh, you pretty much answered it. <laughs> um, okay, awesome. Perfect. Yeah, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, okay. <laughs> perfect. Just as we expect. Um, I get has building off of that a little bit, just now that like even missing substantial time last year, uh, two full seasons now and sort of, you know, emerging into the uh, like ACES spot. How much has your relationship with Coach Berg evolved from when you were a freshman to now being like an absolutely like undisputed leader on the team? Yeah, Coach Berg and I have a really awesome relationship, I won't lie. It's really not too softball-based. It's just honestly personal. She doesn't coach me much in the aspect of like pitching mechanics and that type of thing, but we do talk a lot about the mental game and just how to be dominant, how to be a leader. Like you said, she kind of made a group of us leaders this year, and we work with Coach Lyle, our hitting coach, just talking about things we can do to help the team, how to keep morales high, how to work through tough situations because every team goes through it. Um, but it's just been awesome working with both coaches, getting that relationship stronger and them trusting me in that spot has just been really awesome this year. What other players are on that, uh, in, or in that leadership group that you mentioned? Abby Dorr, Kiki Escobar, Grace Mesmer, and Maddie Simon. Nice. Nice, nice list of names there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an yeah, awesome okay. group. <laughs> yeah. Just wanted to, to chime in because I, all this kind of ties together. So Sarah, you brought up Kiki, Terry, and Tanner. You guys were talking accolades and preseason rankings and whatnot. But Sarah, both you and Kiki came in the top 100 for Softball America. You at 87. Kiki at 95. I agree. Like we said, I agree. Too way, low. Way too low. Way too low. <laughs> uh, but, like, you know, what kind of confidence is that instill in you? Like, knowing that there was such a small sample size for, you know, any of, you know, these people to look at last season, really for both of you guys, and just, like, still having this kind of confidence and trust that you are going to come out and be one of the, the best, you know, 100 softball players in America. Like, 
I mean, I'm sure that, that it feels good, but it, does that add any extra pressure or is it just a confidence thing that you just, it feels good to know, okay, cool. Like people are recognizing and I'll just keep competing. Like, what does that feel like? Yeah, it's definitely the latter. I think just the confidence of knowing that people have like seen us do well and they expect us to do well. But I think we're both just really focused on team, whether it, I'm starting or relieving, I just want to do whatever's best for the team and do my best in that role. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's really the truth with this group. We just, anyone wants to step up for whatever's best for the team. And yeah, I know Kiki and I don't really talk about that type of stuff much. And it almost makes us uncomfortable. We're like, oh no, like another tag on beer softball. Like it's weird, but it's definitely cool. And I know both of us didn't expect any of that. So it was awesome. Um, Something else that is far too low is where you guys ended up in the preseason Pac-12 coaches poll. Picked ninth out of nine Pac-12 teams. And then no... No one from Oregon State on the preseason all Pac-12 team. Mm-hmm. Tell What does something like that do to a team? Like, is, Are you guys using that as bulletin board material? Does that light a fire under your guys' ass? Like, Tell me about what that means to you guys, especially being what, two years removed from being an OKC. Yeah, it's funny you say bulletin board because those papers are smack dab in the middle right. in our facility. It's just motivation. Coach Berg says it all the time, chip on our shoulder. We played with the chip on our shoulder all my freshman year and it got us to where it got us. Honestly, that's all just stuff we use as we know we're better and we're going to prove we're better. And it's just something we don't really need to look into either. Preseason rankings don't mean anything. It's what matters at the end. And we're going to do our best to be one out of nine, not nine out of nine. And that's all that matters to us. So Hell yeah. with you, with playing on a, with a chip on your shoulder two years ago, you guys sure had a lot of fun in, in the dugout. So uh, <laughs> what should we expect for performances when the cameras cut to the dugout this season? Uh, I don't know if we have the same type of girls. We've all gotten a little older. <laughs> that was kind of freshman mentality, <laughs> I won't lie. Um, now we're kind of juniors, sophomores, and quite a few seniors. So I don't know if it's going to be as much dancing to start to disappoint anybody. <laughs> but I think we'll still be having tons of fun. I'm sure somebody will come up with something that we'll use in the dugout. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. Great to hear. As long as there's at least some, you know, dancing and swag happening in the dugout. Um, <laughs> similar on Benny's note, and Tanner, you touched on this a little bit, kind of the opposite with baseball right now. There are a lot of pundits picking Beaver baseball, Tanner, and I get that can be bulletin board material in its own way. And yeah, I know you guys are blocking out the noise and staying focused and everything, but does this kind of feel like expectations have shifted a bit? versus where they've been in your previous years at Oregon State? Uh, Because there's always been preseason rankings around Oregon State baseball, but this is sort of the first year, I think, in the last like three or so, where I think just from my view on the outside, the outsiders are saying this team should be in Omaha like 100%. Uh, I felt like there's always a little bit more doubt cast outside. So like, how are you guys like handling that? And is that you can you feel that like just being around the team that there is like, a little bit more sky high expectations for the group this year. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously every guy, every guy sees those rankings and and sees what people are saying. It's like, it's kind of just part of it, but I would just say that we've done a pretty good job of not letting that hinder the work that we put in, whether it's during practice or our, our post-practice or pre-practice work. I would say that, that there's almost every single guy in that clubhouse that is doing something extra to make sure that, these these rankings do come to fruition and they we do show people exactly who we are so i would say it's it's used more as fuel 
Canham talks about it a lot. He doesn't care if we're ranked 1, 7, 29, or 157th. Like, it truly doesn't matter what we are ranked. It just matters about where we end up at the end of the day. So I would say it's it's more, our team's more oriented around the fact of no matter what we are, like, we are who we are, and we're going to we're gonna put in the work to get to where we want to be, regardless of what anybody else is saying. I think a position group that has a lot of people excited is there are a lot of you know great arms that are returning to Oregon State baseball this year in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. Uh, there's also a good mix of you know new guys who people have a lot of expect expectations out of. Who are you know? I mean, you don't need to single anybody out and praise one person more than another. But what's some stuff you've seen out of your new teammates who you've been catching for the the first time this offseason? Uh, yeah, I mean, our, our freshman class is, is one that I haven't seen, especially in the arms category. Um, you know, like a lot of freshmen get hype around their, their velo and how hard they throw when they're, when they're in high school and whatnot. And then they come in here and it may not come to full effect and they may not ever reach that again. But I would say that this group has exactly what they've been slated to do coming in. We got a lot of a lot of great arms in that freshman class. We got a couple couple of transfers that are just phenomenal. And you got a guy like Kyle Scott who just transferred from Cal Poly. That he's he's just a vet on the mound. He's a vet in the clubhouse. Like everything he does is so professional and and truly brings up the guys around him. You got a guy like Eric Segura who's a right-handed pitcher, a freshman, who's just been incredible this fall and this spring. And I'm really looking forward to see what he has to do. You got a guy like Leif Palmer who is just throws thunder bullets on the mound, like and just absolutely let it rip. I and mean, he does exactly that while filling up the zone. So I mean, there's a there's a lot of a lot of different pieces moving around, and there's going to be a lot of guys and a lot of new faces on the mound this year. But the mix of the new with the old just creates perfect harmony in my mind. What was the one thing you were working on this off season to just like improve behind the plate? Like, what where were you thinking? This is this is my focus this off season. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was more centered around like my body and and how well I'm moving and ended up losing some weight over the summer to get myself in more of a, an agile position, I would say. I would say my my weakest point is mobility behind the plate. And that's kind of something that I tried to attack over over the summer and the fall and then working into the spring. So just being able to to move around back there a lot easier and a lot better by dropping a few pounds has truly helped me stay healthy and and be ready to go each and every day. Nice. So this question is for both you guys. Outside of the road to Oklahoma City and the road to Omaha, what are you guys looking forward to most this year? Like, what what do you think is going to be the most fun part of this season? Or I, I know the Pac-12 is is going to be the last year. So is there a particular college town that you guys might miss? Just right. talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like being a part of this team so far, we have the most fun that I've ever I've ever had with the team. Each and every day of practice is just something new and something exciting. And and we just have a t- whole lot of fun out there. But I guess being the last last season at the Pac-12, I wouldn't say there's a true like college town that I'm going to miss the most. There's some college towns that I absolutely despise out there for sure <laughs> but yeah we can get into yeah. that too yeah there's the space for that so. <laughs> yeah no, there's a few out there that i definitely am not uh, i'm excited that i don't ever have to go back to hopefully um, but no I'm, I'm i'm just excited to to have a chance to to win the last season of the pac-12 and then go down there and win the pac-12 tournament and go from there i just think setting our staple that we truly are a team to look out for in all aspects 
whether we're whatever division we're in or whatever conference we're in, we're like, it truly doesn't matter. Like we are truly a team that is, should be feared and should be looked at as a, as a true competitor. Yeah, I have a similar answer. I mean, we, there's no Washington State softball team, so we're kind of carrying the pack too on our back in softball. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely not something talked about too much that the pack's ending, but we all know it in the back of our head that this is like Oregon State needs to come out on top because this is all BS. So yeah, it's just motivation and just fun. Same with him. I'm having so much fun with this team. Obviously, my freshman year team was pretty goofy and fun, but this team's like a mature type of fun, which has been <laughs> awesome to be a part of. Just the knowledge of softball is has and like talking with my teammates and us just all getting so much better has been like really really awesome to be a part of so yeah just looking to come out on top for baseball and softball nice nice uh do we have any actually like for real baseball softball questions yet because i'm gonna get into the silly stuff if but if you guys have like actually smart baseball takes jp and benny <laughs> i'm talking to you <laughs> i don't i don't want to distract from the well research you know Ball, Don't put the pressure on me. <laughs> um, I was about to ask back about in. Mary Nutter and see if they got the sponsorship from Nutter Butter yet. That one's a throwback. To... <laughs> That's the most important information. You hear um, I have been, I'm curious about this, but obviously the relationship between, you know, pitcher, catcher and baseball and softball is something that's, you know, been, you know, talked about and written about for as long as the games have been around, you know, you see, mound visits there's not really any kind of like bond on the diamond like there is between pitcher and catcher and like when you see you know a catcher shake or a pitcher shaking off a catcher and like a weird moment or something like that you can be like ooh, there's uh, there's some strife between those two out there or or the opposite whatever you two are in a relationship <laughs> one pitcher one catcher like how do you make sure your life's not just like one like super long mountain visit um are you, do you guys ever get into like argument like tanner do you like defend pitch framing of like all softball catchers when sarah's just like that's not where i was trying to throw it, and like vice versa like <laughs> like talk talk me through that what's what's sort of the dynamic of like being like in this you know full-time committed relationship one of you being an amazing pitcher and the other of you being an amazing catcher yeah you know i mean i've had i've been lucky enough to catch some of her bullpens <laughs> i catch quite a few of them actually so it's a lot of fun for me just to see like kind of what what she looks like from that side of the ball and it's completely different than than in baseball but i think it works to our advantage too like i'm able to help her with certain things and she's able to help me with with certain things so it kind of goes hand in hand and I know we try and keep keep our like athletic lives out of our own relationship because like it already consumes so much of us that we don't don't want it to consume more of us. So it's kind of just an even balance, I'd say. Yeah, I was going to say there's like a time and place where we do obviously talk about sports, but for the most part, it's just us being our normal selves when we're just hanging out. Tanner, you catching Sarah's bullpens, that almost makes you a two-sport athlete because I know catching <laughs> softball is completely different than catching baseball. So that, yeah. that could be like a life after OSU. Like you could be an all like all American softball player after being <laughs> an all American baseball player. Coach Berg is like so invested in him catching me. She even helped him get like a softball glove. Like one of the ones that we had. <laughs> like he needs to use this. Like don't ruin his baseball stuff. Like he needs to be like ready to go. So it's like a whole thing. <laughs> That's nice. So good. Nice. I love that. Who makes who just makes your hand hurt more after catching in bullpens, Sarah or Cooper Jerpy? <laughs> I've asked him this before. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like 
And keep in mind, Sarah is right beside you as you answer. No, no, (laughs) exactly what we were hoping to create on here. Yeah, no, and the the truthful answer is her. Like to be honest, like no, I swear, I swear, I promise, I promise. Because like she throws pitches that move completely different than they do in baseball. Like I'm so set in tone on on catching baseballs and the way baseballs move that like I understand no matter who's on the mound like what I'm going to be getting versus like when she throws it's like pretty much complete opposite coming from a totally different slot and it's a, a bigger ball even it's closer like that's the part that scares me the most so yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy that you say that because i've literally in bullpen been like so do i look like cooper jerpy or what like am i throwing- <laughs> <laughs> or what? <laughs> better the answer to that is always better <laughs> uh that's so good that's awesome geez i was gonna ask uh you know with you guys spending time outside of sports with you i'm sure it's it's minimal but you know what's some of the, your favorite stuff to get involved with obviously i i ran into both of you at a football game this year thank y'all for the the hard hat i still have oh, i yeah. appreciate it oh yeah uh, that's yeah. how you got that hard hat i forgot about that <laughs> yeah i think we were all there yeah i just like walked back to these guys and they're like what where did where did you get that from? And I was like, oh, it was Tanner and Sarah. Don't worry. They're like, my, my knit bit beanie was like soaked all the way through and it was pouring down <laughs> yeah. rain. The hard hat was like an umbrella. I needed it was one of those. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, it worked well. So like, but what, what do you guys like to get involved with? What's some of the best ways you like to spend your time at Oregon State outside of athletics? In the summer, we went bowling a lot because Tanner's obsessed oh. with bowling. There you go. I'm killer. So, yeah, I'd get dragged along to the there. Honestly, like during this time of year, it's just like watch a movie and go to bed. But that's just <laughs> we're just so busy with school and athletics. Uh-huh. What other type of stuff? You cook a lot. He cooks a yeah, lot. I, I do Ooh. a lot of cooking okay. both of us. But yeah, I mean, I would say our main activity outside outside of sports is just bowling, to yeah. be honest. Right. <laughs> we do a lot of that. I bring a lot of Was it Highland Bowl? Is that the one down ninth? Yeah, yeah. Is that, or do you go to MU Bowl? <laughs> yeah, no, no, not MU. That Island. one's always too crowded. So yeah. I was gonna ask if that bowling alley was still I in the MU. Got that they had yeah. like bowling had... from ten to twelve. That's when you get the discount oh, yeah. <laughs> at Highland Bowl. And do they still have dollar Jello shots? I just have to know if that's still uh, on the menu. I, I haven't I seen. So. I haven't seen them. Oh, oh it was dangerous. I we I we for dangerous. You. <laughs> thing over here. we had we, we we had some times at highland bowl <laughs> yeah. um so i remember speaking of cooking did you guys face off in like a pretty intense like christmas cookie contest was this this past holiday season maybe the one the year before <laughs> tanner won tanner no it was this year baseball won actually oh it the was... gingerbread house competition that might have been it Yes, yes, we did. We all we did just, cookie last year, I think. No, we dominated the gingerbread, the gingerbread <laughs> one this year. Nice, rigged. No, it was literally rigged. No, yes, it was. We, <laughs> you had to like, you had to like build the gingerbread house and like the whole thing, right. and then come up with like a storyline. Chat GPT, their story. Everybody did. Ooh, this is oh, the argument that we have. We did it all by ourselves. There you go. We just there used what go. we had. Yeah. Like it was all it was. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. We didn't talk like this the night. I was so mad. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. I lo- <laughs> nice. Um, say there is in Oregon State, this is hypothetical. It's not a real thing, but just nor necessarily should it be, but I'm curious. If there's an Oregon State athletics prom, are you two the runaway Oregon State athletics prom king and prom queen? And if not, who are your biggest challengers? <laughs> oh God! In the athletic department, 
That's a great question. I would say I would say we run away with it, but uh, there's McKenna Martinez and, and Mike McDowell who've been, yeah. been together um, for a little while. Other than that, like I can't really think of of many who are many couples like that are together athletics. that are within athletics. There's a lot of guys dating outside of athletics and whatnot, but like in athletics. Please, please share all of those stories on the podcast. That's what <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. This is a safe space. That's not what we're here. We're not trying to blow up anyone's spot, but I definitely think we'd win. Yeah. I think we have a good shot. That's good to know. That's good to know. Would McKenna and, and Micah say the same? I, I don't know. I to don't be know. Honest. You should ask her. Yeah. You should ask. <laughs> What's, that's crazy because joining the Zoom right now, McKenna. Just, <laughs> we should. Do, that's a recurring bit I love to do on here whenever someone gets like made fun of or whatever. And one of these days, we're actually going to pull it off. <laughs> uh, it's gonna it's gonna take some finagling and be like, hey, I just need you waiting in the waiting room for like. 48 minutes but when the <laughs> moment's right we'll let you two, in and you seem to come in hot <laughs> nice uh what's your bowling average tanner oh uh i i would say i would sit around like 150 i've okay. bowled 200 before that was pretty cool. nice but like i'm mm. not i wouldn't say i'm nowhere near a professional but i will dominate the amateur right. He acts like okay. a professional, though. Don't let right. him see you. I don't have my own ball shoes. I I wish I did, but if I did, I would probably be pretty dang good. Would you do one of those ones that has like the skull yeah, inside the oh. ball that like? Spin. Oh, I would probably. I would go with the craziest ball possible. Make it. I would make sure they fear me when I walk up to that bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. people like, yeah. just faint. <laughs> you beat him once. Okay. That one. You, oh, Sarah, do you have? There you go. Like, what's your bowling equivalent? Are you super competitive? No, you're just focused on I'm softball. I'm so competitive, yeah, but, but I can't keep up. Like, he's really good. He's actually really right. good. I'm just, like, salty about it. Right. But is there, like, like shuffleboard or, like, ping pong or He's pool? got me in all of this stuff, I swear. Okay. I try my best. <laughs> she gave me a pool one time, but that was a joke. I think I might have hit the eight ball in, but other than that. I hey, it still counts. Mini yeah. golf? I'm pretty good at mini golf. She is pretty good at mini golf. Okay. Yeah, what do you play nice. mini golf in Corvallis? Yeah. The the part three course golf city. It's, it's not the oh. best, but it does. It's, it's pretty right. pretty janky, but it gets the job done. Is that the one like super north? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, I never went to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was it even there. I right just now? made Tristan Tree my <laughs> mini golf course, pretty much. Yeah, right. Yeah. You were the star of Tristan Tree for like three summers, JP. <laughs> yeah. There was no one else there. Wait, is 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 Marysville golf course still around? That's South. I feel. No. I think that was South Down. Was that was like it was? Uh, it was cheaper Tristing Tree or whatever. It wasn't part three, but it. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think the I golf think team ever played there. Oh, That's sad. <laughs> sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> Damn it! It has, <laughs> it has, by the way, a one. It has one review on GolfPass.com, Marysville Golf Course in Corvallis, Oregon, and it's one star. So <laughs> maybe my, it's not there anymore. <laughs> my kind of course. My kind of course. <laughs> Just like how um, you like your resorts, <laughs> right? When so when you guys leave Corvallis and it's all said and done, what is going to be the thing that you guys miss most about Corvallis, Oregon State, the community there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to say I would have to say the community that stands behind us. You know, I feel like I feel like Beaver Nation shows through and through whether you're winning or you're losing. I feel like that's probably like the biggest thing that I want to miss the most. Just like 
having a packed out goss, no matter what day of the week it is, just having an unreal amount of fans there that are backing you, no matter who you're playing. I would say that's, that's probably like the biggest thing that I, I'm going to miss the most. I think for me, like if you walk in somewhere wearing sports gear at all, they want to know who you are. They want to ask you questions. And it's just so awesome feeling supported like that, no matter where you walk in. Like I'll come in late to a baseball game after softball and people are like, oh, how'd you guys do? How'd you guys do? Like, it's just super cool, like feeling kind of seen and just known in the town. And it is small. And I don't think I've ever lived in a small town like this or will probably after this. So I take that like not for granted ever. It, it's definitely really special. All right. Your last say... I'm all about the hypotheticals tonight, I guess. But hypothetical, obviously, we hope you come back to Corvallis. We always try and make it, you know, multiple times a year. But if you had to choose one, your last meal in Corvallis. <laughs> I knew this is coming. Could be, could be local, but we talk about local. We might as well just have a local boys segment weekly. But, you know, there's there's lots of great food options in Corvallis. You know, I think the last time I was there, I didn't even make it to local boys because I was hitting up these places I've been neglecting. So, Say you get one, I'll allow at least one or two honorable mentions. But if you had to choose a last meal in Corvallis before leaving to go on and do great things, where are you chowing down at? Gosh, sugar jays, ice cream, sugar jays. It's not really okay. It's not a last meal, but that is last dessert. It could be. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, I did we did I did we miss Sugar Jays? I've never heard of Sugar Jays. If you've Jays. never been yeah. there, you need to go. Okay, we go like twice a week. They know us by <laughs> oh, name. What, where is it, and what's the go-to order? It's right next to Brass Monkey downtown. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was staying by the Brass Monkey one of the last whatever trips. I get um, a mixed single with strawberry jam and Cookie Monster. Oh, with I don't know what that. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so gonna walk good. in and be like, "Give me the cookie monster." Right. Yeah. So so good. That's the go-to. That's the go-to. Okay, but food-wise, unpopular opinion that many may, many may not agree with, but the show Chinese place down on nine, <laughs> underrated. Very I love it. Underrated. Wait, say it one more time. It, it's called. It's just called the show. <laughs> the show. It looks I've like had a, a lot of Chinese food on 9th Street, and I haven't been to that place. But he brought me I in there and I was you. like, where are we eating? Like, what yeah. are we doing? And it was actually really good. It's right across the street. Oh, I see. Yeah. From oh, where? From the Buffalo Wild Wings? Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. yeah. It looks nice. yeah. it looks like some converted like drive-thru almost. Like yes. Y'all, yes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Y'all are too young for this, but we're in the Chipotle on Monroe. That used to be a restaurant called Fung's Kitchen. <laughs> and Benny Weehage on the show was the biggest fan of Funks. And I think he might have been the only fan, Benny. <laughs> but I feel like that, I was the only that one. Place, that place there. lasted a couple years on you alone. Yeah. And then it became a Chipotle and the line was like around the corner. I remember <laughs> that first day the Chipotle yeah. was open. That's we're really aging ourselves here. But yeah, that was so I'm I'm open to the possibility of just insanely good Chinese food being in an unexpected place on ninth street. Corvallis always has a spot for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, Woodstock's is also a good, is a good option. You know, you can't really go wrong with Woodstock's. I'm a big Bone Vine fan. Bone Vine is good. Yes. Okay. I don't know if I've heard of Bone Vine either. It's burgers. 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 It's nice. Really good. Okay. All right. Nice. My uh, my name is on the wall at Suds and Suds at Woodstocks. That's the mark that I left 
uh, on, <laughs> on Corvallis. I know it's no like name on the wall like Goss or Kelly Field or anything like that. But... <laughs> Suds and Suds is that was my stadium <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Bar connected to a laundromat. What else do you need? Uh... <laughs> Have you ever been to Taco Bell Machine? No. No. Are we, we, are we even qualified to, to host get a list show for anymore, next time. Yeah. Oh, my God. Goddamn millennials. Get them off. <laughs> Tacos del Machine? Where is that? It's like a bar and taco truck. Where is it at? Western and uh, it's Western and Fourth, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it looks like it's behind the Safeway. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yo, this every, is like... Oh. Every time I've gone somewhere behind a Safeway, it's been a great time. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> uh it's like across the street from, from the dairy mart yes dairy yeah. okay there you go yeah. there we go now also also a sketchy area by a dairy mart but like you know it's it's good it's yeah. good As it's say, Corvallis that might be sketchy, further like, south than i ever yeah. ventured yeah <laughs> Maybe what's the really store? gonna happen <laughs> oh okay yeah it's, it's down there Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right, well, we need to we need to set up like a food tour so that we can give ourselves a proper. Yeah, education. can you guys no give kidding. us one, please? Yeah. yeah. Next time we're in town, Tacos del Machine, hang out by the Dairy Mart. El Machine. <laughs> tacos El Machine. Tacos El Machine. Yeah, two dollar tacos. Get tacos oh, and man. then ice cream. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm down. Yeah. I tacos all, all my dinner. ice cream space is reserved for the Cookie Monster or whatever at Sugar Sugar Jays. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's a typical Tuesday night for us. Tacos and then ice cream. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Everything. The, and we're definitely doing as hard of a workouts that you guys are doing to, to earn the tacos <laughs> and that ice cream. We're definitely training that hard. Check our, you should check Benny's Peloton outputs. They're up. They're pretty, they're pretty impressive. I have one more question for Tanner. On your OSU Beavers bio, it does say that you were born in the great state or the great city in the great state of Bemidji, Minnesota. I'm a Minnesota guy. I live in Minneapolis, which is about six hours south of Bemidji. I've been to Bemidji a couple of times. And even Minneapolis winters do not compare to that place. So I actually, I wanted to ask you, how long were you in Bemidji? And do you do you miss that kind of cold? Has your face uh, recovered from it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I lived, I don't, I can't recall like the, the exact amount of time I was in Bemidji, but that's where I was born. And then I moved, I moved a couple times in state. So I moved to Cambridge Isani. Okay. For yeah. A few years, and then I moved to Egan. Okay. Uh, yeah. So right, right around right. the Minneapolis area, I played little town ball in in Burnsville, and I went to school there. Um, Sweet. And yeah, those those winters are are unlike any other. Like right. everyone talks about like the ice storm that went through here, and I was like, dude, like we got school canceled because it was negative fifty wind chill. Like this is this is nothing compared to what that was. <laughs> you go outside Love for thirty it. seconds, and your nose is frozen off. Right. How how long? Like, what age were you when you were in Egan? I left when I was thirteen. Okay. So are you eleven to? Or it was like nine to thirteen or something like that. Somewhere. Around. So are you a Twins fan? <laughs> All right. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I can't be at the show. <laughs> it's bad, but I actually dislike the Vikings more than I dislike Twins. So it's. It goes back because you're in love with them so much and they've been breaking your heart so much because that's the way I dislike the Vikings. No, <laughs> I just like my my dad was never a fan, so oh, all right, Terry's neither. 
Yeah, that's true. I hate you guys. <laughs> You're a catcher, Joe Mauer. He just went to the Hall of Fame on the first. Oh ballot. yeah, that that guy. I could I could watch that guy over and over and over again. But I mean, when the, the, when I was there, the Twins were just like the worst team in the league outside of <laughs> outside of Joe Mauer. Yeah, because I was there. Uh, yeah. like, I was. I remember watching like Joe Mauer, Michael Kadire, Jim Tomey, Justin Morneau, like like those guys play. Trevor Plouffe. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else was who might have been on there. Uh, Delman for a little bit. Delman, like, yeah, Delman had a decent oh, couple man, of years. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you missed the like real like Johan Santana, Tory Hunter. Yeah, fun I time, did. But I, actually, was... I got to meet Tory Hunter and I got to meet his son. I wish I got yeah. to see that guy play because oh my gosh, I just remember watching highlights and that guy was incredible. Right there is there is a steep drop off probably right as you're coming of age. So yeah, they're, they're, I'm not I'm not judging you. Just thought that might be something we could suffer <laughs> in together, but I guess not. Which is fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Anything else for the prom king and queen of Oregon State Athletics? As we decided <laughs> earlier on the show, uh, Tanner Smith and Sir Henry Gus, JP Benny. Just, no, just really this season, y'all. Yeah, and really appreciate you guys taking the time tonight. I, I know we kept you a little bit longer than we said, but yeah, this this and, is fun. And all the food yeah. wrecks, too. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, yeah. Love yeah, the reminder absolutely. that we really don't know shit. So uh, <laughs> got a good... Thank you guys for having us on. For of sure. course, of Thank course. Thank you, man. too. <laughs> Can't wait to watch you guys this season. Go kick some yeah, ass. Good luck. Go Beavs. We'll do. Go Beavs. That was fun. That was so fun. Thank you again to Sarah Hendigas and Tanner Smith for joining us on the podcast. JP, please actually insert the interview where I just made space for it. Otherwise, this will feel <laughs> real silly. It'd be a great, it'd be a great own. It'd be a great, it'd be a great, you know, burn on me. But I would never do that to you. You're the best podcast producer on the planet for a reason. While also co-hosting, you're like Dr. Dre. Yeah, Dr. J. Who, Dr. who had Dr. J? Do- that's definitely not a nickname that's already taken. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Dre J. Bertram. Dr. Dre wasn't there. Dr. Dre win anything tonight, Benny? He he had an award named after him that Jay-Z won. Ooh. Yeah. That's dope. And they played public service announcement as jay-z was going up which was it's my favorite jay-z jp please play five seconds of public service announcement by jay-z with dr dre jp please play five seconds of dr dre and jay-z interacting at tonight's 66th annual grammy award ceremony no It's Dr. J could do it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you again for Sarah and Tanner joining the show. I feel old as shit for not knowing the Corvallis food hacks that they were bringing up. Dude, I um, am an ice cream connoisseur. And I Sugar very... Jays was for sure not there when we were in school. No, 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 no. no, no. Sugar, sugar, good. sugar J. Yeah. I that's we can call you Sugar J. Yeah. But it should Would be you like sugar. That? Sugar J. Yeah. Join the club. All right. There are others. Sugar J. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no one calls me that. <laughs> does does Annie call you that? No. Absolutely not. Right. I'm gonna text her right now to start calling you Sugar J. <laughs> 
start calling it I'm husband, looking it up right now. It's for the podcast. Just do it. <laughs> um, it's in the future, but maybe the past. <laughs> oh, yeah. This place looks so Jay. good. It's right next to Brass Monkey that used to be not Cloud9. What podcast. was the other one that Cloud, our dude Cloud Davidson had next door? Mm. It's the one I used to do the emceeing for our, yeah. our, our dude, She Dooley. Yeah, it was, was really just, small, right? Yeah, I just yell at people to start dancing. Yeah, it was like, like definitely in the crowd. Yeah, I can't believe that's not your profession, even as a 36-year-old. Like, that was what you were born to do. Mm-hmm. To it go into places where people could be dancing, but likely aren't dancing, and to yell at them to start dancing. Mm-hmm. It yeah. worked every time. If the Venn diagram of all of the things you're good at, have a vision for, and also like doing. <laughs> Yelling, peer pressuring, center of Microphones. attention. Yeah. <laughs> like you could be like that Kevin Hart movie where he's like hired just to like be a good groomsman, essentially. Like you could just be hired to get people dancing at lame weddings. Be like, like um, yeah, like and I'm, you need I'm someone to come to your wedding and yell at people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the he just needs a gift card to Sugar J's. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and some Jello shots. <clears throat> All right. Well, that was a great conversation. We're obviously very excited about Oregon State baseball and softball, and let's continue the excitement with Oregon State women's basketball because they beat even when they're down. The team we love to hate, it doesn't get any better, even though there's been wins against top five teams, lots of top 25 teams. Eating Oregon at Oregon in what could be the last matchup between these two teams for a while. Yep. And, you know, there's been in some interviews and press conferences earlier this year, there has been respect expressed between Oregon State head coach Scott Ruick and Oregon head coach Kelly Graves, but also a lot of like this game fucking matters and I hate losing to these guys. Not quite direct quote, but you get it. That's essentially what they've been saying. Close um, enough. Which makes me sad because I think this has been a very fun rivalry in the universe of this rivalry to watch. A lot of times it's been for the Pac 12 or <laughs> to determine you know, postseason superiority, postseason seeding, you know, like someone like Sabrina, Sabrina Ionescu, who's obviously having a great career right now, who won a ton of games at Oregon, but lost a, few, a couple games to Oregon State. And that's definitely something that we hang our hats on. And Oregon's down right now and Oregon State's up in the women's basketball world. So it was a tough game as these rivalry games always are, but winning on that disgusting floor uh, so in bad. Eugene. Huge because we don't, there's a chance they meet up in the Pac 12 tournament and can see each other again this year. But the future of this rivalry is murky. But we all, of course, would have loved to have seen a blowout. But a win is a win is a win. And Tamia Gardner looked great. We had another double double for Reagan Beers, just a double double machine. And the fact that they didn't let this be a trap game is huge and now you got like Oregon State and it was getting yeah. close it was you it know was close the whole game and, yeah it was they, crazy. yeah it, it, it was a slugfest for sure but mm-hmm. this is and this is a good one 
And we, we, I don't think anyone really thought that this was going to be a game where Oregon just rolled over. But at the end of the day, your beeves are 18 and three and follow, followed up one of their best weekends <laughs> with, with a big win against a hated rival. Great to see Tamia leading the team in points, <laughs> 14 points and 16 points for Reagan. God, she is just destroying people <laughs> out there. And yeah. And same, let's same amount of hype as we as we've had. This is this this is this team. This is the chance. This is a, a run that's there to be made. A huge, huge shout out to Lily Hansford. She had 10 points, all of them coming in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter with, Lil. Yeah. Lil Lil Clutch is is what I like to call her. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon State had 23 points in the fourth quarter and 10 were from Lily. Two really, really important three-pointers. I think one was when Oregon State was up two and the other one put Oregon State up, I believe it was 63 or 64 to 58. So like essentially put the game out of reach and, and was the dagger. So yeah, I mean like, you know, Talia had a good game, seven assists, 10 points. Reagan obviously crushed it. But sometimes you need those players who maybe aren't in the spotlight to uh, to take over a game, and that's going to get you wins in March. And Lily was that person today. Yeah, I think this is just another feather in the cap of this team's like tenacity, resilience. The the second quarter seemed like all right. Here we go again. You know that we've seen this script play out, and I think Oregon went like seven minutes without a bucket. And it was just like inch by inch, we pulled away. Nothing dominant. We only scored 11 in the second quarter, mm-hmm. but we just kept laying it on, you know, brick by brick. And I felt pretty good about the game by that point. But then late in the half, Oregon made that run, it was close going to half, five point game. But after that, it was just, I mean, it was an all out brawl. It, yeah. My wife just texted me, I love you, Sugar J. Yeah. <laughs> that works fast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the new nickname. You, uh, you guys are you guys are goals. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so <laughs> it was it was like a back and forth. I mean, there was clearly a lot of fight coming from Oregon side. I mean, they had a lot to fight for. Uh, yeah. but they had more to lay on the line, I think, than than we did. Obviously, of course, we're we're fighting for national recognition, we're fighting for respect and positioning in the the pack for postseason play. But I mean, yeah, scoring twenty three in the fourth quarter, like more than what we had scored in the two quarters prior combined. Combined, yeah just shows that they know how to respond. They can get knocked down. They're never knocked out. I just love the makeup of this team. I honestly truly, truly feel, I think I said it after one of their first games this season, that they are they are poised for a deep postseason run. And they're built for it. They've got the, the you know mental characteristics to be able to not get too down, not get too up, to you know just play steady. Uh, follow the game plan, trust in your skills and your ability, trust in your teammates. 
and they show that like game in and game out, whether they win these close ones, whether they dominate, there's always some factor of that, that, that shines. And like today, again, was no exception. Right. And they do have the best defense in, in the PAC 12 from just the eye test and also on a per game scoring basis, they are allowing the fewest points per game. And this is a big win too, because it solidify puts them in sole possession of third in, in the PAC 12. Yep. And that positioning is going to be crucial come uh, conference tournament time. And, you know, with all the bracketology and stuff, you know, you're not going to, I don't know if this will be seen as a, a win against an inferior opponent that should have been by more points or whatever. I think you have a nice offset with what they did to a team like Utah at home and get, getting that big win against Colorado and, you know, hanging in there with other teams that are ranked higher in UCLA and USC, but are now looking up at Oregon state in the PAC 12 standings. So absolutely, absolutely massive game and just great to see them all meet the moment and put a W on that ugly ass court. The scheduling of this is it's, it's a tough, it's such a tough schedule. So this, a five game set here. So coming off the close loss at Stanford, it was it goes Colorado, Utah at Oregon at Utah, Colorado. So like up two bookends of Colorado with two yeah, Utahs then, and then in between UCLA and, and Oregon USC in the at home after that. And immediately after that it's UCLA and USC at home after that. So like the last it's let's see one, three, eight it of the eight game stretch. Seven are all ranked higher than 20, and the eighth is a road game against your biggest rival. Yeah. So there are four games into that right now with a record of three and one, the one loss being a loss of um at Stanford when Vanderveer broke the record. So, you know, yeah, congrats again. There's no, but also there's no contextual pressure involved in that <laughs> yeah. game at all. Right, exactly. There wasn't, you know, every great Stanford player ever in the stands ready to have a fucking party. So this road trip will be huge. And then you get to see what they do with the LA schools at home. And then it's the last four games. Wazoo includes the Washington road trip at Wazoo and at Washington. And then you host the Bay Area schools. They play Stanford again at Gill on Leap Day, 29th and close it out with Cal. So you get Stanford back at your place. That game, if that game hasn't been flexed to a nationally televised entity right now, then just what the hell is even happening? What's even the point? So that's going to be a battle. Huge, huge games coming up. Uh, But they've done a lot to solidify themselves as true contenders. This could be, this could be a March to remember. We, we talked about it. I think the, the week before, yeah, it was the week before that we played Colorado and Utah at home saying that if we got a split, we'd be happy with that. And we ended up sweeping. I think if you can get a split going down to the mountain schools on this coming weekend, that is a good showing. Utah, despite what we saw in Corvallis, is Utah's a very good, good team. <laughs> yeah. Colorado is also a very, very good team. And you're playing at elevation. So those are going to be two really difficult games. I'm really excited and to see what we... They've got revenge on their mind, too. Oh, for, yeah. Teams, sure. They're going to want to clap back. Yeah. And, and I'm sure their fans do, too. It's going to be yeah. a difficult environment. 
Yep. Right. I, I, I'm I'm very excited to see what we do at home against the LA schools. And both of them have both those schools too have had great atmospheres all year. So it's just awesome for women's basketball and the, the support at most of these institutions has been there for a long time. This isn't anything new, but yeah, glad glad to see glad to see it taking place and uh, you know that these games will be getting elevated. Hopefully, yeah. So yep, it is uh, already too long of an episode. So listeners can be mad at us. if you want to clap back at us for being homers all you want. You can, but I'm going to skip men's basketball for this week because we've got other shit we need to talk about, and we can. We can really unpack this. I'll just say this last weekend in LA, when I kind of joked about after beating Arizona and Arizona State, maybe we should have Roberto Nelson on every week. And then we did not have Roberto Nelson on last week. And then this happened. So I'm inviting you to blame the belligerent beefs for everything, which a few of you already do, actually, which is pretty fun. (laughs) But we've we've got positive shit to talk about. And we don't need to break down any 37 point losses or whatever the hell it was anyway (laughs) nfl draft showcase games the east west shrine bowl the senior bowl during a time where there's i know oregon state social which probably didn't get these last minute (laughs) decisions in time had sent out a couple of posts hyping up a few players who were reportedly playing in games that they ended up not playing in, (laughs) which isn't great. But, you know, especially for interest in the game, wanting to watch guys on TV taking live reps and supporting them, it's unfortunate. But what's most important with these games is not the game, but the practices and the meetings with GMs and team personnel. And in that matter... These dudes, especially Felice Fuaga, Katano Ladapo, and Anthony Gould absolutely crushed it. Gould, thankfully, gave us a bit of a highlight with that amazing punt return for a touchdown in the East-West Shrine Bowl. The only playing for the was he playing for the East? Direct directional all look yeah. And these directional base games. (laughs) I know it's always been the East-West Shrine Bowl, but it's never an equal share or whatever, but it was the only touchdown <laughs> that was scored for uh, his team. So it wasn't Gould's fault. Maybe he should have played a little bit more, but this week in mobile too, in senior bowl one-on-ones Talisa Fuaga looks every bit, the part of a franchise offensive tackle so much so that the hype around it in these sort of senior bowl recap podcast with all the draft nerds and shit out there. I thinking that Fuaga could be one of the top two to three tackles taken in this draft and could be in the top 10. There's a lot of links with him right now to the jets where he would block for just this dude I'm not even going to name right now, but I'd be very happy for Tali to go top 10. And the cool thing about that would, that would make him, if he goes anything above 20, it makes him the highest drafted Beaver since Terry Baker went number one overall in 1963. I got the chance to ask him about that. And he had a great answer. Check that out on our socials and our YouTube. If you can, there's Benny showing Benny has this frame. Let's go. 
Why have we? This is episode 128, and you haven't put that on the podcast yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's up. It's up now. It's up there. I'll tweet it's it out. Up now. Do it. Yeah. Um, I, Tali, I think, had the biggest week overall, and I think proved that he's not just a run blocking mauler. He's one of the best pass blocking tackles in this draft as well. And it was awesome to see him. The dude, like his practice reps are must see TV. And he was matched up one on one with UCLA's Leitsu Latu, who is one of the highest ranked edge rushers in this draft. And we got to see him in person in going up against Fuaga at homecoming this year. And Fuaga will obviously got the best of him that day and got the best of him in practice too. So there's legitimate NFL draft hype with a capital H for Talise Fuaga. Yeah. I'm really excited to see where he goes. I think that he, I mean, it, it was, it was wild. It seemed to me like this year it came out of nowhere, his, his dominance. And I will admit that I am not, an expert on on seeing how the offensive line does like Terry is, but the, hype, say that the sure. hype, the hype just built around him. Just right. you astronomically you as the year went The only on. difference between you and I is I read mock drafts in October because I'm sad <laughs> <laughs> and you do not. Um, but yeah, I, I think, go ahead, sir. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I think Katan is, who I'm most interested about. Yeah. Um, just, just to see where he ends up. I like the, I don't understand how he's not talked about more in NFL draft circles. We, uh, we saw what he could do. And granted, yeah. like we are very OSU centric when it comes to college football, but fuck, like he, he was such a huge part of one of the better defenses in a really good conference last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah. That's a good point. I I think, there's some there's something that's intriguing about the NFL draft, especially because there are so many picks, because teams have so many needs and holes typically that they're trying to fill in the draft or or things they're trying to prepare for, or best player they're trying to take. And the seven rounds gives them an opportunity to kind of play around with that on any given round, really, depending on what kind of needs they have. And so Oladapo to me is one of those ones where it's like if somebody going to take a, a flyer on him early because they don't want to miss out and they don't have a ton of pressing needs where they see the potential that they can develop in him. Is he going to be a late steal by somebody? I mean, I think the storyline won't get unfolded, of course, in just you know the, the three-day right. draft process, but it will be one to watch at least how it starts, and then that's mm-hmm. going to be very intriguing. Where I think Tolly's like it's clear, like he's definitely one of the top offensive linemen in the draft, and teams build around offensive right. lines. It's it's been that way for a while now, and and it wouldn't be a surprise if he was taken high right. because it's just there's the scarcity aspect, and I hope he does. I right. hope he goes. I hope he goes higher than Brandon Cooks, who he argued with you about. Please. Being a top 20 pick and not being higher than Brandon Cooks, but I think that was just a miscommunication. And I hope he, uh, right. I hope he does that and proves everyone right. Absolutely. And I'm not lying when I tell you, like, I saw Tolly going to the table at Media Day and it was just like a madhouse in there. And I was just luckily staying in the right spot. So I saw the table he was going to and I just went straight there. And 
every question I, I, I got in one more at the end there, but like the Oregon state centric questions were like the three, four, the first three, four questions of his official like press conference. And I'm not lying to you when like there was a contingent of like 20 guys all wearing like different like New York Jets polos and hats and shit who like the second I like breathed after well, I wanted to be sure that we mentioned that this is significant that Oregon State is sending multiple players to this top flight bold showcase multiple years in a row for the first time in 15 years. The chance for Talisa to like make some, you know, real history here. And then just, you know, what that what that means for him. And then the second I breathed, it was like all these dudes being like, Talisa, have you heard of Aaron Rodgers? How cool would it be to play? I was like, it was just Jets, Jets, Jets after that. So you didn't go try I to answer for him? Any of those questions I, about when Rogers? He, he he also, it's not like he just should have taken a page out of my with with praise. And so like I was like, you know, I re- Obviously, I'm not going to jump in on Lise Fuaga's senior bowl media day, but I was like, I was internally rolling my eyes every time someone was asking, ask him about him. It's his moment. It's Lise Fuaga's <laughs> in front of you. No one needs to talk about Aaron Rodgers. It's New York anyway, media for you, man. That's that's yeah. not, that's that's not the point. But yeah, he really had a good week um, and did it. That's I think that's why he didn't play in the game because he didn't need to yeah. uh, because practices down in mobile matter more than the game itself. And that was interesting to see Oladapo opting out as well. Um, I did see he was at the game. He was wearing his national team Jersey over a hoodie and shorts on the sideline. I think Fuaga left town before the game started, but there like this was happening too. Like we were, there's a lot of sitting around and waiting time at an event like this. And there's so many credentialed media. Like, it's not like a huge, like big time thing. Like, oh, belligerent beef went to the senior bowl or whatever. Like, if you do anything and apply for credentials, they'll be like, yes, please come cover this event. But a bunch of us are just sitting there kind of waiting and we're chatting, whatever. So people are like, oh, who are you here for? So I'd be like, I cover Oregon State for the belligerent beefs. I'm covering the Vikings for Purple Insider. Da-da-da-da. And a lot of people would be like, oh, Fuaga, because he's the top 10, you know, hype pick, whatever. And then they'd be like, whoa, so who's this Oladapo kid? And a lot of people who like, some people were there covering stuff for like fantasy websites. Some people were just there doing like, you know, deep sleepers and whatever. So like people from different pockets of covering the NFL draft were like, that dude's good. Holy shit. <laughs> like, look at the safety out of Oregon State. And they did at least the national team that both Katan and Talise were on ended day two with like one-on-one call outs. And Katan was one of the DBs called out and it was a Brevin span Ford who had a touchdown, the actual game, the tight end from Minnesota, they got matched up one-on-one. And that was the rep that Katan won that we put on our story that uh, (laughs) it was a different person's post. I don't think I tweeted the video, whatever, but that Oregon state football retweeted, but it was a great rep for Katan winning that one-on-one afterwards. He told me, he was like, I should have had the pick. (laughs) I was like, I think you did (laughs) well enough batting it down, but yeah, he's a really intelligent dude and getting to, you know, was super generous with his time down there. And I think, he's someone who like we don't get to see how their meetings go with gms but i'm sure he was impressive as hell in those meetings and 
we posted this and I wrote about it. But when I asked him after day one, I was like, what are you trying to show scouts down here? He said that I'm the most versatile safety in this draft. And I think he got that point across this week. So I don't know what that means. Last year, I was super bullish on Musgrave and where he could go and was like, he's going to be drafted higher than Brandon Cooks was. A little bit more confidence in Fuaga doing that. Left tackle or right this tackle in general is a bit more of a premium position than tight end. So I'm not, I don't want to blow the hype train too hard for someone like Oled Zappo and then watch him go undrafted, which is, you know, just a disappointment we've had before. But man, he really, really impressed down there this week. And it happened to a better kid, especially someone who's been around since day one of this rebound. Yeah. So props to yeah. Katan. Yeah. Like I said, I'm really excited to see where he goes. I think he's going to be a welcomed addition, not only on the field, but off for any NFL locker room. And may I point out, Katan Oladapo, defensive player from Central Catholic High School. We have another defensive player from Central Catholic in our 2024 recruiting class, Dexter Foster. Number, Dexter Foster. Yeah, number 89 linebacker in the country. So watch out for Dexter Maybe the maybe the next Catan. Who knows? And you also played football at Central Catholic, right? I did. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so did Coach Gundy. He and learned so a lot of Coach Gundy. Gundy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was a a quarterback on the JV team playing with Coach Gundy, who was a little bit better than who me. was also a quarterback, but not <laughs> on the JV team. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fun. Nice. Yeah, fun fun times at Central Catholic. Absolutely fun times. And I know it's it's hard to ask you guys and just Niner fans in general or any f- fan of a team participating in the Super Bowl to care about the NFL draft. I know your season's not over yet. It's over for almost everyone else. <laughs> so this is why I'm getting, you know, super into the draft. But asking Katana about meetings, he did say he had a good meeting with the Niners. So that would be a fun defense to be a part of for him. But good, a good. Uh, this is me just saying. Good learning ma- experience. Manifest this shit. Are the Central Catholic colors red and gold too? Am uh, I remembering that correctly? It's cardinal and gold. It's ca- cardinal and gold. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. similar. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Let's get. Well, again, shout outs to Anthony Gould for a dope punt return. Shout he, out to Talisa Fuaga. He upped his draft stock. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I this that's that spin move, dude. That was a pretty don't, sexy don't looking. Don't hurt him, Ant. Don't hurt him. <laughs> yep. And the NFL.com had a recap of the East West Shrine Bowl and included five players. I'm sorry, six six players who boosted their draft stock from the East West Shrine Bowl, and Gould is number five on their list. Uh, they said that yeah. he he's adding to his resume as a likely solid day three pick, which I think is fair. Right. And also that that was Zerline, I think, who wrote that article and said he his practice sessions improved every single day from day one to day three of that week. So nice. Glad to see that the the punt return magic was matched with some good practice reps. Yeah. You know, I hope well. I just gotta say, I hope that Anthony lands in a great situation but i also yeah. for his sake hope that he feels snubbed because that guy thrives on the chip that lives on his shoulder 
Oh and my even, god! You even his yeah. comments, you know, after the game, social media, all the likes. It was very clear that he has been feeling doubted and loves to show people wrong. And and yeah. I, I I I can appreciate that kind of attitude, and I think that he can have a very successful career if it if starts it gets- off in the right situation, but yet still feeling. Like he wasn't given enough respect. He will Any go out NFL there and take team, it. If it gets to day three and he's there, just take him. And then yeah. you like, look, the whole, the whole league passed on you multiple times. Even we passed on you multiple times. So that would be just like, yeah, you know, that kid's going to have, have a fire that will refuse to burn out. So yeah, yeah, I think it was a great week in terms of Oregon state and its relation to the NFL draft this season. So yeah, Hopefully it bears fruit in April. We will know in a couple short months. The combine is on February 29th. Doesn't that sound insane that we're like coming up towards the Super Bowl here? And it's like the combine's like literally two and a half weeks later. 365 day sport for sure. Well, 366 this year with February 29th. Oh, yeah. One more day of after 365 days of football, I'm like, you know, that's not enough. I need one more. So glad we get to see guys in compression shorts running around, not playing against the defense. That's the type of football I enjoy. I'm also so excited for 40 plus year old men talking about how they're eight years old on February 29th. That's always (laughs) a a great tradition every four years. Mm. Right. So shout outs. To shout outs. Is that what we're supposed to? How are we supposed to shout it? Shout shout it. Shout it. We got Sarah touched on this already, but softball's got a game this weekend. Yeah. Down in Tampa. Am I supposed to read? (laughs) I know. I'm although it's been very warm here for February anyway, so I can't really complain. The USF Rawlings Invitational. Opening with a doubleheader against Bethune Kick Cookman, Bethune Cookman, and also the Florida Gators on February 9th, which is really we've been friends for how long? Your birthday, <laughs> my birthday. The day I was and 11 days. I will be listening yeah. to Enter the 36 Chambers constantly for yeah. year number 36. Yeah. What day's your birthday? What? I'm just kidding. Friday. Right? Yeah, Friday. <laughs> Friday. <laughs> God, softball season starts on my birthday. That's That's got to signal that's some a good kind omen. of juju, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's something we did in the future, but in the past, we planned this to happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely in the future and also in the past. Mm-hmm. You have to Perfect. guess which one it happened in. Could be both. Or the present, too. All three. Mm. All three phases, like football. Mind blown. Football is three phases, and so is podcasting. Didn't I used to say that once an episode? And so is time. Ago. And so is so is time. Mm. <laughs> and how time works. And it is time to end this 128th episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. We have been on too long, and we've already given JP too much to do. But I don't think there will be any audio issues this time around. God, it looks I hope like not. we got that taken care of for JP's sake. But thank you also to you, the listener, for bearing with us uh, with that uh, those technical difficulties last week. Uh, we sincerely and maybe this week appreciate we just it. Say it now. I'm not going to. I'm I'm bullish. Bullet. That's. <laughs> 
Drink every time you hear the word bullish and people talking about the upcoming NFL draft. (laughs) (laughs) Well, from all of us here at the Belligerent Beavs podcast, it is that time once again. Thank you. Thank you for making it this far into the episode. It means you're a real trooper, especially if this is your first ever time hanging with us. We really appreciate it. Please take the time to rate and review, like, and subscribe. Smash that subscribe button from Smash. Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And please, 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 I beg you, please rate the show five stars. We've got a pesky little algorithm to please to help us grow the show. And a five-star review really helps us grow the show a lot. If you could take a second of your day to do that on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, we will be forever indebted to you. And we will like you more than we like everyone else. And we promise that that's a guarantee. And that's undying gratitude that you don't want to be without. For all of us, all three of us, my name is Terry Horseman at Terry Horseman on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Terrence Horseman on Instagram.com. I am joined, as I always am, by my beloved co-hosts in Tacoma, Washington, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage, a.k.a. Benny with the good quaff, a.k.a. Benny Bullgame, a.k.a. Benny Blastoff, a.k.a. Benny Bedlam, because he's fucking crazy, folks. You can follow him at Benny L. 1986 on our social media channels and hopefully not stressing out because of a bunch of audio issues this week is jp bertram (laughs) out in portland baby at jp bertram on instagram that one's easy to remember and at the trial j on x formerly known as twitter that's at the underscore trial underscore j because he's too trial to be real and follow the whole goddamn operation too why not you're already here let's do it at belige beeves on x formerly known as twitter belligerent beeves everywhere else instagram facebook youtube especially youtube we really want to figure this youtube thing out so we're going to keep dropping more and more content over to youtube shout out to max walker our beloved intern extraordinaire doing a great job helping us out with this whole whole operation we call the belligerent beeves podcast and universe shout out to neil degrasse tyson who was involved with at least parts of this episode we won't say which ones (laughs) so yeah we're on the we're also on the neil degrasse tyson app i think he has one look for an acknowledgement abuse acknowledgement in his next book myspace maybe friendster threads threads on threads jack threads belligerent b oh i forgot about that on the jack threads app how could you Belligerent Beeves at checkout to get 33%, 33% more off on an already 87% off t-shirt of some kind. For Just, 69 cents. For 69 cents. 20, six, 20 t-shirts for 69 cents. Those, do you remember those old CD deals like that you could get in magazines? There were, there were scams where it was like, 49 CDs for $3. <laughs> and it was like three there it was wild like if you fi- if you find like a copy of the source from like 1995 there we'll we'll unpack this at a later time <laughs> thank you on behalf of all of us for listening to the show shout outs again to the women's basketball team who are about to go on a run baby you heard it here not first because there's a lot of hype around this team and there should be god damn it Go Beavs. Go Beavs always. 
Shout out to Yvonne Olhoffen, Donovan Hunter, Reagan Beersmere, Gardner, Scott Ruoch, the whole squad. Keep doing your thing. And tune in again next week to another thrilling episode of the Belligerent Beast content, con, podcast content, whatever. It's been a long episode. I'm sorry. It is obviously time to go. And before we do that, remember, remember, you cannot spell chop them without hope. So chop them. Chop them. Chop them. Eve's back, baby. Catch me at Sugar Jays. <laughs>